What is up, guys? Welcome to this week's edition of the Got Next Podcast. My name is Carlos, joined as always by my co-host, Rafa. Rafa, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Um, give me one second. My dog wants to go outside. So, boom. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm doing really well. Indiana um, looks nice, man. <laughs> it does, actually. Here, I'll... Good weather oh, over laptop there. Laptop recording. Night. We have nice weather. It's nice and cool. You see my dog right there, kind of sunbathing. He's been Beautiful. crying for the last ten minutes. I was like, mm, he's probably going to interrupt me while we record. So better just <laughs> let him out. <laughs> Considering maybe sitting out there for a little while, the podcast outside. You should do it. I miss yeah. having my dog with me, man. Oh, Teddy. My dogs. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and your your fat dog Chester. Chester. Castro, Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Castro. I forgot about Castro. But yeah, so uh, how are you doing, man? I'm well, I'm well. Caught up with the WNBA playoffs this week. Love it. It's, it, it's, good, it's good basketball, especially. It is fantastic Especially with the, especially the NBA offseason. Yes. Now, I would also watch Eurobasket if I could. I don't Dude, know yeah, I don't know watch. where the fuck to watch Eurobasket. I, I don't know where the hell to watch these, at least the replays. I know you can get a pass for it, but you have to like put money down. <laughs> I don't know if I'm willing to spend that right now. Yeah, I got to check. I mean, it's the final coming up, right, soon? If I'm it not is, wrong. yeah. And I mean, it was also the World Cup qualifiers. I would maybe pay to watch that Giannis versus Jokic game, but other <laughs> just than one that, game. it's just like... Luca and people like torching, torching inferior defenders. Oh, they they're playing right now. So Slovenia is playing Belgium right now. Ooh, wow, yeah. Well, anyway, we're not here 16. to talk. We're not here to talk Eurobasket. Let's let's get into some NBA news. Ah, uh, yes, there's quite a, quite a few things happen. Uh, I think we'll go to the biggest news later. Yes. But- I think, yeah, here you have here, we have the Basketball Hall of Fame induction for 2022. Oh, yeah. So that's that's actually happening. We're recording Saturday morning, um, Eastern, East Coast time. And the Hall of Fame induction is tonight. Oh. Yeah. So September 10 at around 7 p.m. Um, so we've got some great players. Probably the, the most common one people know about is Manu Ginobili. Yes, the greatest sixth man of all time. The greatest sixth man of all time. I would probably should say o- that that's overqualified sixth man. Overqualified <laughs> sixth man for sure. Like he, all NBA level player as a sixth man is insane. So, yeah. and in honor of him, I've just like tried to construct a team. You know how we did like the wine cellar team a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I tried to make an all bench lineup, and of course, I started with Manu. Nice. Like, with like, I had three rotation players that they had to come off the bench. So I picked Manu mm-hmm. as the first one. That's that was the easiest pick. The easiest pick for sure. Yeah. Um, Who else you have so, in there? Out of few, <laughs> yeah. So I had a uh, eighty-five Kevin McHale. It's unfair that. Like, <laughs> that really, off the bench. Well. That's a, that's another very overqualified, and just because they thought Cedric Maxwell was better than him at the time, which he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then. And I just went with Andre Gudala, 2015. Mm. Underrated as a six man because his stats don't pop, but 
insane defender. I mean, Plus, he won finals, finals MVP, MVP. Yeah. as a bench player. So yeah. there you go. Other other big names there are Tim Hardaway Senior, the UTEP yeah. two step, um, the killer crossover, couple, <laughs> the killer crossover. The um, and there are a couple of really good WNBA players. Lindsey Whalen, longtime point guard for the Minnesota Lynx. She won four titles with that team. Um, this is the mid 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 two thousands Lynx, right? This is no. This is like mid twenty ten. Sorry, two thousand eleven to two thousand seventeen. Yeah. She also played for a couple other teams, but the most prominent one where she won all of her titles was with Minnesota. And then Swin Cash, one of the greatest bigs of all time. She was Sue Bird's teammate in both UConn and in Seattle. She won three titles there. She made um, like the 20th anniversary WNBA team, but she didn't make this latest one. But she oh. just missed the cut. She's So she's like one of the greatest. Yeah. Swin Cash. So congratulations to all the players and then from the coaching standpoint we have george the hater carl (laughs) finally getting inducted he is a hater he's truly a hater such a hater i have no idea as bad as kevin duran on twitter at at times i know i have no idea like all these players hate him right all his ex-players don't really like him especially the ones you hear the most carmelo kenyon martin but somehow he has like he's like Top five, top ten in coaching wins, right? Something like that. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's a good coach. I think he probably just rubs people the wrong way, and <laughs> I can kind of see why. Just, just based on the things that he tweets. I'm trying to find some <laughs> stuff right now. I mean, but... he wrote a book called Furious George. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. some people off <laughs> during his coaching yeah. day. Yeah. Well, you know. George Carl, I guess, was kind of a, I don't know how to, I guess he was an asshole. Maybe he was a little too, um, too honest without kind of like that compliment sandwich. You know what I mean? Whatever. I'm overthinking this, but. He's sixth all time in coach all, in all, all time wins. I mean, he's a good coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. X's and O's Y is very smart. Um, and it's not like he was necessarily bad at motivating people. It was just like, um, he probably just couldn't keep them in line for a long time. He's probably one of those coaches whose voice you just kind of tune out after a year or so because it's so. Sounds annoying. like uh, sounds like Jose Mourinho from football. Yeah, pro- <laughs> probably. <laughs> he only has like a three-year uh, shelf shelf life on teams. If the third yeah, so year, the, prob- the, he loses the locker room. <laughs> that's probably George. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to all the inductees. Let's move on. This is kind of a WNBA thing. Um, the MVP was just announced on Wednesday, um, and it's no surprise, Aja Wilson. No surprise, you think? No surprise, yeah. So really, for me, it was down between her and Brianna Stewart, but I thought Aja was probably going to win it because Vegas was the number one seed. Seattle was the number four seed. If this it was a personal that, vote as well, or no? Yeah. That would have been my personal vote, I think, because I think that she she was their best offensive and defensive player, and she really stepped up as a defensive player, um, she really which leads she was. So, and I thought that that um, anchoring both sides like that, especially on the defensive side, she kind of stepped up there. So, I thought that being that fulcrum, um, I was okay with her winning MVP. But do I think she's the best player? No, I think it's Brianna Stewart. 
interesting. But, I mean, MVP (laughs) doesn't go to the best player. Yeah, agree. agree. So, um, but the important thing about Aja winning MVP is that she's the first player since Lauren Jackson in 2007 to win both MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. Wow. Yeah. So only four women have done that. So that's Lauren Jackson, um, Yolanda Griffith, and uh, Syl- no, not Sylvia Files. It was Lisa Leslie. Oh, and Cheryl Swoop. So that's, that's five now Damn. with Aja. The 15 but years. In, yeah, in the 25 years, the W has existed. So um, now she has the chance to do something only Hakeem Olajuwon has done in the NBA as well. And that's also win finals MVP. So I'm really rooting for that because like what an incredible thing to say. I did something that LeBron James didn't do. I did something that Michael Jordan didn't do. I did something that Shaquille O'Neal didn't do. No one in the W has done. Only Hakeem and I have done this. That would be pretty incredible. So I'm, I'm really hoping the aces win. Um, and AJ gets finals MVP. To, so you're, you're rooting for the Aces not to step rooting on our preview. Rooting for the preview. Aces, yes. Not, 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 not to step yes. on their preview segment. Well, I didn't give my prediction. So. <laughs> I said I'm rooting for AJ to win finals MVP and for the Aces to win. I didn't say that was my prediction. So we'll see. Um, okay. But congratulations, fair, David fair. Wilson. Seems like well-deserved. I mean, speaking fair. candidly here, I didn't watch much WNBA season regular season but the, the playoff games you watch is definitely 100 yeah. the aces best player life yeah and i think <laughs> the the thing that becky hammond did at the start of the season she basically told aja you have to be tim duncan your job mm-hmm. this year is to be tim duncan not just on the offensive side but the defensive side you anchor everything and i thought that she stepped up to the plate this was an all-time season for her and i think I think that um, I think that she would make Tim Duncan proud with mm. what she did this year. So I'll give her the nod. I think she was the MVP. Do you think Becky Hammond got her got Tim Duncan to speak to speak with her? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Totally see it. Could totally see that. I could totally see it. I mean, Becky has a connection. They work yeah, exactly. together. Exactly. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's let's move on. I mean, the big drop. Holy shit. What a trade. The Woj bomb. The Woj bomb. I really didn't see this trade happening. I knew Donovan Mitchell was going to get traded. I knew it's it. Been, it's been talked about for like ever. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't make that Rudy Gobert trade, get all those pieces back, just send Royce O'Neal away. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, Donovan's gone. Like, there's no yeah. way. So the absolute bomb, I didn't see. The Cleveland Cavaliers getting Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs of all teams. And <laughs> the Jazz. And so in return, the Jazz, holy shit. They get Colin Sexton in a sign and trade. So he signs a four-year, $72 million. Congratulations on getting the bag, sir. Laurie Marketing. Oche Akbaji. Good so, young prospect with the 14th pick or something. Right? Something like that. Yeah, he was, he was a solid player. He has a chance to be a really good player. They get three unprotected firsts and two pick swaps. Holy shit. What a haul. What a haul. That on top of Gobert's trade? Oh, my God. He rebuilt... Danny Ainge rebuilt the war chest that he had in Boston, basically. He he rebuilt in, like, a month. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of the fastest rebuilds I've ever seen. 
Just te- tear it down. Shit. Blow it up. Blow it up. He had some extra strong dynamite, whatever he had. Jesus. No, he still, there's still some stuff to blow up. Uh, and I know see. they still have some stuff to do. So let, let's get into it for the Jazz part. because Wait, if you, you forgot the third team in this trade. Huh? The Knicks, they got nothing. Yeah, they got nothing. <laughs> see, I think, I don't know what it was. I, I guess the Knicks just weren't willing to give up certain things. And that's why everyone got the bag. Because like... <laughs> Like you don't you don't keep Mitchell Robinson, and then all of a sudden just sign him to a bag like that. That I guess that was kind of the same, sign that they weren't going to get Donovan. Same with RJ, right? Or they did the same thing with RJ, right? Yeah, I mean RJ was probably in the deal, he, and they didn't he was going to. Yeah, yeah. Which I understand, but man, it's the and at the same time you just like you gave all of your money to Jalen Brunson, and you're still paying Julius Randle a lot. It's like. You get Donovan Mitchell. Where exactly are you going? They're not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. They had where Don- are you going? You're going to miss the play-in. So, like, you're gonna. It just give benefits all these the Jazz. Assets. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna give all these these things up to go nowhere. Yep. So I think the Cavs Loki saved the Knicks from themselves. <laughs> well, they played hardball, and I guess then the trade didn't happen. So. Went to Utah. Yeah. I mean, went to went to Cleveland. Sorry. Okay. So you're gonna say you want to start with the with the Utah side. Yeah. Let's just because the Cab side is the more interesting. But yeah. I mean, well, that's not to say the part of the Jazz because in addition to this and the Go Bear trade, they now have 13 unprotected or lightly protected picks going through 2029. That's insane. They're like that is insane. They're pretty like. They probably rival the Thunder at this point with the number of picks they have. Probably yeah. st- or still not. <laughs> Maybe not, but like that's a lot of picks. Like, and people, I guess people are asking why are these players getting so many picks? It's because picks aren't valuable till you know, till they become an actual player. A first round yeah. pick can be the number one pick or the 30th pick. So they're not. Their value, real value doesn't really show up until, one, you know where in the draft they're going to be, and two, they actualize into an actual player. Yep. You don't know what a 2029 first-round pick is going to be. You have no idea who that player is going to be. You have no idea who you're going to pick. So it's not really worth anything until you know what it's going to become. Yeah, but I guess the, the logic is right. Danny Ainge just needs another Tatum and Brown kind of thing. Exactly. But that's why you get a lot of picks because it's like, okay, you need to have these. It's, it's a gamble in a way. Yeah. You can scout and all that and figure out a player. But if you don't have a good spot, if the players that you really like get taken before you have a chance at them, then what are you going to do? And also, so, they, if you have the more shots you have, the le- I guess the, the bigger your margin for error. Because if you're exactly. wrong on the scout, if your scouting is wrong or the player doesn't yeah, turn out as good as exactly. they are. Maybe the first yeah. player pick isn't great, but the second guy you pick later is like, oh, this guy's a stud. Yeah, so exactly. you're exactly right. Um, plus, they have some nice young talent um, to purposefully suck <laughs> next year, which is great because they, they want Wembenyana, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so core, their core is Colin Sexton and THT. So yeah, that's great if you want to purposefully suck. That's great. THT is going to average 25 on... 35% shooting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know if he'll get to 25. He'll get to 25. Round, 
Not enough balls to go around. If they don't get rid of Jordan Clarkson, not enough balls. Yeah. Although but speaking of, go ahead. No, I just, I just, I just saw a rumor that Jordan Clarkson's trying to get, trying to go to Milwaukee, or Milwaukee's trying to get Jordan Clarkson. That would be interesting. That's just the rumor, though. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, how much, how valuable is a Milwaukee Bucks first in like 2023? It's not. <laughs> you know, it's gonna no, be like a 20 pick. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's an, kind of an example of, uh, the relative value of a pick is like, you don't know what 2023's pick is going to be, but you assume it's coming from the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, okay, it's going to be low. Yep. Um, but the jazz still have a bunch of veterans that they can trade. So Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, and of course, Mike Conley and Ainge says Conley. they're all worth one more first round pick. So it's like, okay, there's a chance that you can get a couple more first out of this, which is crazy. Yeah. If that happens. I mean, there, oh. these are all, these are all solid role players. At the, at they the, are, they are. There, there are, a, there are a handful of teams that could use Boyan and Mike Conley. Honestly, yeah. if, if Boston gets Boyan, great. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> um, what if Mike they Conley, get Mike Conley? Ah, there's there's not enough room for him. I we would probably have to pay a hefty price for him. I don't want that to happen. Especially we just got Brogdon. I mean, yeah, yeah, no need. Same with Jordan Clarkson, actually. Yeah, I could see Mike Conley being really good in. Um, shoot, where did I where did I have him in mind? I thought I had a good one. Shoot, now I can't remember. Lakers. <laughs> Well, he would he would actually fit with the Lakers. People I doubt should that Photoshop. Gonna... People should Photoshop Jordan Clarkson onto the Lakers jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's funny enough because if they want to facilitate a Conley trade, it would have to involve Russell Westbrook. And the appeal of a Lakers first is that in twenty seven or twenty nine, LeBron will be gone. So Who knows, a... man? He's going to be playing with Bryce. <laughs> But well, maybe not the Lakers, not in the Lakers. Maybe not in the Lakers. So that's that's kind of the point, right? Like LeBron, there's a chance that LeBron is going to be gone in 27 and 29. So you want one, if not both of those picks. They're probably going to suck. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. The Lakers would be a good one. I actually thought the Clippers would be a good fit for him. Mm. Yeah, in case John Wall gets injured. Yeah, yeah which likely, which but John like- Wall's not playing a lot. They, I just think like the Clippers are gonna run a point guard rotation of Norm Powell, Reggie Jackson, and John Wall. Norm Powell doesn't strike me as a real point guard. You know no, what I mean? More, he's more of a combo. At best. Yeah, neither does Reggie Jackson. And John Wall, we're yet to see. But if they have Mike Conley, you kind of have that really good table setter. You can get the ball where it needs to go, run it to the second side, kind of organize yep. things. I still think the Clippers are kind of missing that. But everyone has them, like, up there in championship contenders, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should be. But I think that doesn't mean they're not flawed. Of course. Of course. No perfect so, team out there. Yes. So, we've already talked a lot about the Jazz. Let's talk about the Cavs. The better team, actually, who is more interesting. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, I want to just do a quick applaud to the Cavs. We're kind of going against the status quo. Because, I mean... Everyone is loading up on wings. Fucking shit. But the, literally, the entire Clippers roster is one big man, two guards, 
and then the rest of them are wings. Yeah. Yeah. Look at their roster. They have one center, two guards, and the rest are wings. Is it, oh, because yeah, they lost Hartenstein to the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, yeah, like that. And I mean, look at Boston's roster. Oh, it's always. They have like two serviceable bigs, which is great. But like everyone else is like between 6'4 and 6'10. Yep. Teams are loading up on wings. It's a wings league. But the Cavs have kind of gone the opposite way. They have two guards and two bigs. In fact, multiple bigs. They don't have just two bigs that are really you good. You still have Kevin Love. You still have Kevin Love, who was probably who was the runner-up for sixth man of the year. Yeah. And was actually a really good player last year. You should start at three on this team. There's a chance. So <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, what's great about this trade. Because wow, they kept their every single one of their core players. Yeah, I mean, Sexton was injured last year. I mean, Mark Markinen. Markin played key rotation. I mean, they had a three big lineup, but yes. not a, they, I, I guess they get, if you're getting Mitchell, you're getting whatever. Oh, offense, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, you give that up for sure. Yeah. And then just a whole little, and then Ochayo Akbaji. Yes. I mean, it's nice young prospect, but it's clear that Doesn't the Cavs. Doesn't fit their timeline. Yeah. The Cavs went into win now. That was, that was what they're doing. And Okpe, Oche. Doesn't doesn't help you win now. Yep. Um, so the fact that they kept their core, and let's just talk about their ages. So Mitchell's 26, Jared Allen's 24, and then Mobley's 21, and Darius Garland's 22. I didn't young realize core. I didn't realize Jared Allen's so young. Jeez. Yeah, young core. So That's they a are set That's a good young core. perfectly for a few years. So championship window is probably not. I don't I don't know if it's here yet, but it's open. It'll, it'll open soon, which is great. Yeah, I mean, Garland's going to get better. Mobley, everyone's thinking he's going to be the best player out of these, out of this four. Oh, yeah. Then Allen, Allen's just, at the worst case, solid for yeah, his whole career. Well, all, he was an all-star yeah, last all-star, year. Like, right? He was a legitimate all-star last year. That's how good he was. And it's just like, you... It, it, it's it's insane to me that you kept your young core, but can still win now. It's insane. It's I I'm I am blown away by this trade from the Cavs' perspective. Yeah, I mean, assuming they keep everyone, this this should be the core for the next ten years. Yep, <laughs> seven to eight, five to five to eight 10. years. Five to yeah, eight years. five is probably realistic. But yes, um, and then I think. Another strength of them is shot creation. So now it's not just Garland that creates everything. Mitchell is there too. Two great pick and roll players with two great pick and roll partners. Yeah. So like you can you can run lineups where if Allen and Garland are off, you can run pick and roll with Mitchell and Mobley, and good things can happen. Um, and you can run similar sets with both of them. Um, so it's really nice. It, it really works out for them having multiple shot creators not have to worry about that. Yeah, it's, you, it's, really, it's really fantastic. Yeah, do you think Garland and Mitchell's games fit well together? Um, they're both a bit ball. Like, they both have the ball a lot in their perspective. They Last do. Last year, right? But I they they should do. be able to share it. So we'll, so we'll, we can get, to, I guess uh, that's where some of the concerns are. Oh. So, yeah. So let's, let's go to the concerns then. So, you mentioned, are they going to be able to fit together? And the answer, I think, is probably, but we'll see. So 
one of the concerns after this trade is the spacing, of course. So just, you know, from their, uh, from their core rotation, Garland is a, he's a decent catch and shoot shooter on two attempts per game. He shot 35%, um, which is solid, but it's not great. And the fact that it's low volume that because he's the primary ball handler, that probably indicates that um, the low volume is only because he ha- he has the ball all the time. Yeah. Usually volume can indicate um, that they just, they don't shoot more because they can't. Like they can only get it in certain situations. And if they're really contested, they're not going to be able to get it off. Garland might be a little different. So I'm going to wait out on that one. Um, he's a, he's a good Mitchell. shooter. Regard- he's a good shooter. He is seems. a good shooter. Yes, yeah. he is a good shooter. So I think the volume will go up I think the efficiency will go up maybe a little. If it stays the same, it's, it's okay. Yeah. But, that's, but 35% isn't dangerous. Yeah. You don't want to leave that open. But it's not like... That's below a league thir- average. League average is like, what, 36, right? On thirty. Yeah, they're around 36. Yeah. You get solid returns on a 35% shooter. But you'd like it to be a little better, and you give it up every time. Hmm. Like, you let him shoot that. Um. Donovan Mitchell, you would think is a little better. He shot just under 35% on 3.5 catch and shoot attempts, which that also potentially undersells him because I think, again, ball dominance. Mike Conley kind of declined a little, so we'll see. Donovan Mitchell in previous years actually shot a little better, I think. Um, So that one I think will be okay. So to answer your question, I think they'll be okay. I, I think they'll be able to, to coexist just enough. And the redundance will be the redundance will be kind of nice. Yeah, and I I mean we've seen two ball dominant players coexist before. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it'll be okay. I think my concern is also just the rest of the roster. Mm. Because like yeah, those two, but it's like they're they're we'll see if their percentages go up with volume, that's that's great. But then it's like okay, Isaac Okoro shot almost thirty seven percent, but again, it's on two attempts. So it's like he shot a high percentage, but he see like a PJ Tucker. Can he only shoot standing still? Right. That's something that a, a really good defense in the playoffs can key in on. Um. So that's not great. Evan Mobley twenty six percent. Karis Levert. Do you think that has a chance? Yeah, to I think it'll improve. He's been working on it, so we'll see. Karis Levert, forty point six percent, but again on two two attempts, so probably a similar thing. Ricky Rubio, thirty two percent. So the only definite, really good floor spacer they have is Kevin Love, thirty nine percent on five attempts, and that's because we know Kevin Love can shoot off the move. He can shoot running off curls, exit screens. Yep. So they have a spacer in Kevin Love. It's just where else is it going to come from? I could see Love teaching Mobley some tips on shooting. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But is, is that part of Mobley's game? Like, yeah. are you, if you only have Mobley spacing, are you going to miss out on his post stuff? Are you going to miss out on his high post? Um, that can't be his only, right? can be his only role, though, for sure. So I think, but that's a, so yeah. So if Mobley is just a stationary shooter on a couple of pick and pops, I think that's okay. But that's not providing you with some floor spacing. 
Hmm. So that's one concern. The other concern is defense. I mean, yeah, Mitchell, not the most... Like, the root of the Jazz defense problems last year. Actually, not, not just him, the rest of the perimeter yes. defenders. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> All of their perimeter defenders were pretty terrible, and it made Rudy Gobert look really bad. So, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Isaac Okoro was going to be really key here. He was a good defender, but he still has a ways to go. He was drafted, uh, I think he was drafted fourth or fifth in his year, and he's projected to be like this really good defender. I really liked him in college because he has that physicality to him. But at, now that we're at this stage of the Cavs' timeline, he has to actualize. Yep. Think about like who are they going to play in the East? Yeah, they have like, all these wings. The 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 Boston, the Boston wings, the Jays. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Gian, Giannis, Giannis, Drew, and Middleton. Yep. I mean, you still have Katie and Kyrie on the same team. Yep. Ben mm-hmm. Simmons. Who's guarding? You could ben probably Simmons. put a big on him. Jared but Allen guarding Kyrie. Yeah. And then the Sixers have Harden and Maxi. Harden, like, of course. Harden and Maxi. Yes. Scotty Hawks. Hawks. Trey, yep. DeJounte, thinking yep. about Pascal Siakam. Ah, uh, that's that true. Did. The Raptors. Siakam, yeah. if Scotty Barnes actualizes, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Yeah. So th- the funny thing is, is that Mitchell was drafted as like a really good perimeter defender. And it's just never actualized, but probably because he's just had to do so much on offense. So we'll see. Now that he kind of can share the load, is he going to give more on the defensive side of the ball? Will yet yet to be determined, but I think that's I think he has that in him. But you also can't teach height, and he's six one. Yeah, Garland is six two. It's a very short backcourt. It is. Do you think nice that nice that you have these two really big wings behind you? (laughs) Yeah, wings and bigs, but I mean, yeah, they they compensate, you know, for sure. Uh, do you think Bickerstaff can coach him in, coach him into it? I think so. It seems like Bick, I like Bickerstaff. He, I think he's a really good. Um, I hate using the term players coach because um, it implies that he's not a good X's and O's guy. I think he is. Yeah. And I think that JB deserves a lot of credit for being able to make a three big lineup work with two guards. Like their best lineup last year was Garland Rubio. Laurie or Kevin Love, um, Mobley, Allen. Yeah. Not a single wing. Just three bigs and two guards. And he made it work. And it was a really good lineup. We were all ridiculing the Cavs. I still remember our preview pod. We were like, what the fuck is this team? I think we said the Cavs were going to be the 14th best team in the East. <laughs> I feel really bad about that. Well, I, they, were, they were 11. <laughs> I, yeah. But I mean, they were... Well, they were te- they played they, the play-in. They were they were eighth actually, but then because te- of the play-in, they went down. So. Right. So, and I think key nice. injuries kind of dropped them. Yeah. Lower than they should Especially. have been. Jared Allen I mean, got they, hurt. They were fifth, like or fourth, yeah. fourth even, right? For a hot second. Yeah. They lost the Rubio and Rubio and Jared Allen, so yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, I think they're going to be better this year. So, um, Mitchell should definitely like keep like if those injuries happen again, he probably would have kept them. Above one. Yeah. yeah, not their defense, but yeah, their <laughs> offense probably would have been better. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's the Cavs. I'm, I'm excited for... I loved watching them last year. I cannot wait till the season starts for them. It should be a good team. Yep. All right. Moving on. That was the trade. We're now going to move on to the WNBA because it's been a really good playoff so far. It has been a really good playoff. If you haven't watched it, you have to watch. This, both series were really, really good. I mean, this has been a really good playoff. I mean, the, I mean Storm Aces every game was close. They're <laughs> all close. And that game, was it game two that was crazy? I can't even keep track of them anymore. The one yeah, with the, like, was, where they just scored a bunch of points in the last three. <laughs> the buzzer beater after buzzer beater. Yeah. yeah, that was game two. That was insane, dude. One of the best basketball games. I think games that was game three. That was game three. Oh, it was game three. Yeah. Yeah, dude. one of the best basketball games I've watched. It was insane. Yeah. The storm choked it, I must say. <laughs> they kind of did, yeah. In, in their defense, too, though. Damn it, Tina Charles. I know. Damn. <laughs> but also, Sue Bird hits a uh, she hits a clutch three in the corner. Yeah. When, it, when the ball goes in the hoop, there's 0.8 seconds. But somehow the aces have 1.8 seconds. No, no, no. I, don't, I think I saw this. This is actually an error on the ESPN scoreboard. It was, it was 0.8 on the, on the actual game clock in, in, this, in the arena. It was oh, just you, an, you looked in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I saw people were okay, talking okay, okay. about it afterwards. Okay, cool. But I was really okay. confused when I saw that clip. It was like 0.2 and then all of a sudden it's 1.8. I'm like, what's, what happened here? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm not as mad then. Okay, because that, that was an incredible shot by Jackie Young. I don't want to take anything away from her, but okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> yeah, calm down. <laughs> but yeah, that game three was incredible. So was game four. It was. It really was. <laughs> so was game um, one. So was game two. All four games. All four games were so good. Um, what kind of sucks about this is that Sue Bird retired. So. Yeah. Ugh. That sucked. I was really, I was, I picked the storm to win kind of as a wishful thinking because I really wanted the storm to win. Like, let Super go out with the championship and it just didn't happen. But, you know, she did the yeah. thing four times. It's not the end of the world, I guess. I must say, she, she was really good in game three. In game four, she was not as good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. She's still a very productive player, but I could see why it was time for her to hang it up. <laughs> w legend, I watched w Sue legend. Bird in her prime, dude. She was really good. So let's just talk about the, the resume. Four-time WNBA champion, 13-time All-Star, and frankly, that should be more because every four years, whenever it's the Olympics, they don't play an All-Star game. So technically, it could be more. So we have four more, basically. Like four more. Could be yeah. five more, I think. She's been 21 years, right, or something? Well, she was a five-time Olympic gold medalist. So, yeah, it could be. It's, that's technically five. <laughs> five more, five more All-Stars. Damn. Yeah. She was in the WNBA 21 years, but really played 19. You think about it, that's like, what, 18? 18, 18 All-Star appearances out of yeah. 19 seasons. And uh, she was all WNBA eight times, five times, first team. Also a five-time EuroLeague champion. Um, to note that for these W players because <laughs> they have to play in the EuroLeague. They have to play overseas yeah. in the offseason. Um, three-time assist leader and all-time leader in assists by a wide margin. 600 assists. Wow, that's like... And, the, it's a lot. She's like basically John Stockton. John Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> John, John Stockton gap. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, of course, she was a member of the W's 10th 
15th, 20th, and 25th anniversary teams. So wow. incredible career. Basically, each, basically all the anniversary teams she was on there. Pretty much, yeah. One, probably the, she's the greatest point guard in WNBA history. I don't, I don't think it's close. She's probably one of the most important players in the W overall because one of the most popular players. She's one of the best leaders in the game, one of the clutchest players in the game, and one of the biggest advocates for social justice in the LGBTQ and Black communities. Sue Bird, congratulations on a great career. I can't wait to see what you do next. I hope it's more of the Sue Bird, Diana Tarazi show when Diana hang, hangs it up. Oh, I would totally listen to that podcast. Did you see that stuff? Did you see all that stuff from the, the WCA? No, I haven't been able to see it, but I heard, I heard they, they commentated together, right? A few comments. Yeah, they did. Together. And it was <laughs> so funny. So entertaining. I really like if that, like if they have that show, I'm watching that show because they'll sprinkle in like really good basketball knowledge. They'll like, during the final four, they're talking about like the X's and O's, like what they've done in their career, but they were also like having a drinking game. <laughs> so like, I don't know if you noticed, but every time, um, because when they would watch the South Carolina game, USC is the Gamecocks. So like, there's a really obvious like joke there. So every time Tarazi would make a joke, a, a penis joke, Sue Bird had to take a shot. And so, like, you, but yeah, Tarasi was incentivized to make hawk exactly, jokes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you see, like her, like Sue starting to get a little red, and they brought Sue's wife, Megan Rapino, and yeah. they brought Kelsey Plum, and you can see they're just like kind of participating. And you kind of see like towards the end of the game, Sue Bird's like slurring her words because she's. <laughs> I'm like, like some of the comments, it was just like right there, like they're talking to, they're like. It's funny how they transitioned to it. Like they were talking to Kelsey Plum about like in-game strategy. It's like, like it's a game of inches. Like you have to get this angle on this pick and roll for it to really work. And then Tarazi just goes, it's a game of inches. Just ask the Cox. <laughs> oh, Tarazi Ram, that drink. drink. <laughs> I, I really, I, I want that, that, the bird and Tarazi show to be a thing. I just, if that was, if they have that show in the NBA and the WNBA, just like them yeah. commenting, I would watch that like every time. Instead of, instead of uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. Oh my God. They're, Sue and Diana over, over Mark and Chris Weber and whoever the fuck. Chris, like, Reggie Miller. They're, they're so much better. They're so much better than those guys. Oh my god! They should get their own studio show. They should. They really should. They're so entertaining. I want that so bad. Their chemistry sounds off the charts. Well, because they're best friends off the court. Exactly. Like the like the chemistry's there. So like you have to get them. I want this. I want it so bad. They're so funny. TNT inside the dub the W. Right, but the thing is, they're also like really smart too. So like. In addition to cock jokes, they'll like actual have some basketball analysis. Mm. That's not. It's both uh, jokey and. Yeah, the center's gotta dominate. That's the key to the game. <laughs> That's Sometimes... like Shaq's analysis. <laughs> he was Did he win a ring? Rebounds. Did he, he win a ring? ring? <laughs> no, then he sucks. <laughs> the chemistry between him and Barkley saved that show, though. 
No, but yeah, no, they have the jokes. It's just like the analysis, the analysis is, not is not great. There. I'm not gonna yeah, lie to you. For sure. Every so often, Chuck has like good moments. Kenny is pretty smart. Ernie's the goat, but like just Shaq I has- know Shaq knows more about the game. He just because he's bigger than everyone, all he's ever had to think about, I think, is just being bigger. You just gotta physical. dominate, man. Just get inside and dominate. <laughs> Jokic has to dominate. That's and he didn't dominate. That's why they lost. Well, Shaq, he had 34 points and 12 assists. <laughs> I would rather him get 40 points. 40 points and eight assists. <laughs> what? Anyway. Let's talk about the WNBA playoffs. <laughs> what a tangent. What a tangent. It's that tangent. Very, very tangent much a tangent. I did not expect to get, to get into. Yeah, me neither. But anyway, congratulations, Sue Bird. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, I mean, just to talk briefly about the playoffs series before we get into the preview, Storm Aces, uh, it, it came down kind of to execution, leaking games. Like you said, the storm kind of kind of shot themselves in the foot. Tina Besides game one, they throws. didn't execute yeah. the stretch. <laughs> right, exactly. And like even even in in the overtime, like it was neck and neck. And then two and a half minutes, the storm like like the aces went on like a 10-0 run. They they won by ten. Dude, I'm so pissed. The 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 website I watched game three game three on did not have the overtime. It had like the first minute. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Where do I, I have, overtime? I have WNBA League Pass, so I... God damn it. <laughs> first, it was like $18, so... Oh, I also have League Pass. That's where I watched my games. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But yeah, they just like stopped executing. Like they just didn't get good shots at the end. It's weird because I, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily think it was the... Like the Aces had a good coverage, but... I thought that the storm kind of knew what they were doing and they just like it wasn't executed properly. I thought the screens they were setting weren't like real screens. Yeah. And I know like not every screen has to be set. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you slip it, sometimes you ghost it, sometimes you're really just there and you don't set the screen to like get out quickly. But there are times when you have to hit someone. And I, I felt like they didn't for parts of it when they needed to. Mm. So I don't know. I it sucks, but also the other thing that came down to was Chelsea fucking gray. Oh Chelsea. my god. <laughs> to paraphrase ball don't stop. The game is about a bucket and Chelsea Gray knows it. If there's one good thing about <laughs> ball don't stop, it's that they will they will recognize players we don't necessarily think about. And I, I do appreciate that he put Chelsea Gray highlights. People yeah, wouldn't did. give a shit otherwise. But Chelsea Gray is having a phenomenal playoffs. Dude, yeah, her game pops so much when you watch these games. Like, she's making tough shot over, over outstretched arms. She's making long ass three pointers. It's crazy. She's she is on a tear. It's like it doesn't matter who's guarding her. She'll just hit it in your face. <laughs> like, what was the graphic? Like, she was she's like in the running for highest field goal percentage yeah. in the playoffs. And the the other three names they showed were. Lisa, Leslie, Sylvia, Fowles, and Swin Cash, all of whom are bigs. Yeah, and she's a fucking guard. She's taking, she's she's taking threes. She's a point guard. It's crazy. She's on an absolute tear. And, I mean, and it's not just about a bucket, too. Like, she would switch on a Brianna Stewart. She would switch on a Tina Charles mm. and just strip them. 
She would take yes. their money, take their cookies. Like in that game three, I took note when I was taking notes. There were four separate times she got switched on a Stewie or Tina Charles and stripped them. <laughs> the Aces didn't even yeah. send extra help because it was like, oh, okay, Chelsea's got it. Chelsea's got it. She's a point guard. <laughs> it's a she's mismatch, like, or is it? <laughs> she's like Drew Holiday. It's crazy yeah, on the defensive end, but like yeah. better on the offense. She's on an absolute tear. It's crazy. And then the thing that makes it hard about Chelsea too is that like, yeah, one-on-one, you guard her. And then it's like, oh, but our MVP, Adrian Wilson, also has it going too. So when oh they God. play pick and yeah. roll, you can only take away the one thing. So if you're going to take that away, here's what we're going to do. And they play off each other so well. On an empty side. Exactly. And also like one-on-one, no one on the storm could really guard Wilson. Right, exactly. So Wilson had their number too. And then when they have when that when they create advantage and their pick and roll is like even worse for the storm. It's crazy. <laughs> so that 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 duo really like just took the storm out. Like it was crazy. And it's ironic because the Aces had four all-stars this year. Chelsea Gray wasn't one of them, which he's their <laughs> clearly their second best player. Yeah. Like it's really obvious. How did that happen? <laughs> Was she injured or something? Did she I don't miss games? No. No. <laughs> How the fuck? I think I don't know. Interesting. Maybe she mailed it. Like, in she fairness, Kelsey Plum had a really good regular season. Young and Hamby were first time all stars and they played really well this year. But Chelsea, it's clear that Chelsea Gray is their second best player. Yeah. For sure. Possibly and- their best offensive player, to be honest. I also want to highlight here because you mentioned last you mentioned in our preview that you were worried about. The, the storm the, the aces bench and, and I think Becky Hammond pretty solved that problem by just not playing them yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much they, she played like six players she the only, yeah exactly Asia so, Wilson I, played the whole game until since game two did it, she rested four minutes the whole series yeah. it's like that's a great solution yeah. just not play her bench and actually, one of the key adjustments that she made was, um, so she did play Raquana Williams off the bench, who's actually a good three-point shooter. She made some big, she small. She made some big threes. She made some big shots. She made yeah. big shots. That small ball lineup, I think that changed the series. And because then it's like, okay, well, we're going to try to pick on them. But then, you know, you kind of pick on Kelsey and you try to pick on Jackie Young and you try to pick on Raquana. Raquana's rugged, so she you can't really pick on her. And then the aces kind of finagle it so that you have Chelsea Gray. And it's like, no, you don't have an advantage against Chelsea Gray. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, like, and you know, the storm wanted nothing to do with Asia on the defensive end. Because when it was Tina Charles posting up on or Brianna Stewart even posting up against Asia, no help. Asia take her one-on-one. And nothing. Like Asia held them. Yeah. So that was huge. Like the fact that you didn't have to send help every time was crazy. Asia Asia held her own against the bigs for sure. Yeah. And like I think she did really well. Like I don't there are a couple times Stewie got her, but Stewie took really tough step backs. That's what you want. She took really tough step backs, like forced her into tough looks, basically. Exactly. Yeah. She made some, but you live with her making an 18-foot fall away over her getting into the paint and dishing. Because Stewie's a really good passer, too. Those, those shots, to be honest, reminded me of Dirk. The Stewie. Oh, yeah. On, on the post, my God. 
Oh yeah. No, Stewie had a phenomenal series too. Picking pop threes as well. Incredible. Yeah. Stewie had a really good defensive series. I thought that she was on the money in terms of her passing. She's a great scorer. Like she had a very, very complete game. It's just there's kind of like Giannis in Mm. versus the Celtics. Like she's not getting a ton of help. And she's like playing this really phenomenal series. And there just wasn't enough at some point. Like at some point, someone else had to kind of step in and help her. Yeah, like game, dude, game. I don't your game. I know you haven't watched game four end to end. Like I think towards the end it was just it was just Stewart and Lloyd scoring all the points for Storm. Yeah, for Storm yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. That's I think what it came down to. She had like almost half their points in game yeah. four. It's crazy. For sure. So salute to the storm. I mean, they, they had a good series, but at the end, like the aces just were were the better team. I thought that they executed yeah. better. They, they at some point it wasn't really about the schemes anymore. I think both teams kind of settled into what they were trying to do. It was just about who did it better. So, and Chelsea Gray again made the yeah. shots. <laughs> Speaking of no more adjustments and just doing what you do better, let's briefly Oof. talk about the Sun and Sky series before we get into the finals preview. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I'll thought- be honest with you. Like, I don't actually know what happened after Game Three. I mean, I I didn't see Game Four, but it looks like the Sun decided to just blow them out <laughs> yeah i mean like, so so like first the first three games it was like okay the the sun came out they were very physical it's like uh, okay i mean it's the first like kind of feel out game right so whatever yeah. connecticut won i was like not surprised there and then the next two games is like okay so we're gonna back cut you every time because you're too physical and you're giving all these things up and chicago like stomped them and it was like yeah. oh okay Chicago figured them out. I really thought, and by the end of game three, you could see like Connecticut made so many mistakes mm. and it looked like they were just not in the game. They were out of it. I thought they were cooked. And then game four happened. I didn't watch it until last few days. I was like, oh, okay. So they just like kind of buckle down, double down on the physicality, but they just communicate better. And it was like, oh, they, they kind of figured it out. But I didn't think they were going to win. And then game five happened. It was like, oh, this, this, they took this guy out of this game with their physicality. Oh. Like, it was crazy. Like, they were, the sky were so caught in the mud. Like, every action, their guards were slipping it. Like, they couldn't get advantages off ball screens. The guards were getting through. They were switching really smart. The scram switching was on point. The help defense from, every, from John Quell and Alyssa Thomas was phenomenal. There, there was just nothing, no advantage that the sky could create. Candace oh. Parker had to end up doing a lot. And once the sun kind of figured out, like, okay, other than Candace, you all can shoot. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's what and they- Allie Quigley. But, like, we're going to make Allie Quigley, the shooter, put the ball down. Candace Parker, we're going to face guard you. But Courtney Vandersloot, shoot everything you want to. Kalia Copper, take all the shots you want. Go ahead. That's interesting. I did not notice many Candace threes after game one on the highlights. Yeah. Because like now that you kind of took everyone else out, now you can just send everyone to Candace and she mm-hmm. just didn't. Like you can pass it like the, the right play it technically for Candace to pass it. But then it's like, okay, go ahead, Court. Court can find so shoot it. Go ahead. So, and then the physical, like they were just so physical. 
and they would send traps at Vandersloot every so often to kind of crowd her because I think they figured out Vandersloot's like tiny. She's a great passer. Yeah. But if we send multiple people and put our hands up, she can't make the right pass to take the advantage that we're giving them. So that's oh. kind of something I noticed too. Like Vandersloot couldn't take advantage because she was too small. They would trap her and she couldn't make the passes. She had a, really a lot of turnovers. Tr- yeah, she had a really poor turnovers. I saw some clips. In exactly. Five, and I that's think. that's kind of what the Sun did. And that's how the Sun kind of got their offense going. Because because they made all those turnovers, they got out and they ran. And yeah. they that's what they did. A lot of fast break points. And then offensive rebounding. Because the Sun, the Sky were so beat up, they gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. So like, what do you, what do, you do at that point? if the other team is just out hustling you and getting all these easy looks that you just can't prevent. Yeah. But there's a reason though, that sky were up. They, they were, they, they had some options. They just kind of got stymied at the end. They did. They did. I mean, the sky up did very well. Yeah. Like five minutes to left to go or something. They still could have very well won three. the game. I think it, it kind of came down to the end in game five. Like they scored what, four five points in the fourth quarter. I think if they were stuck at 63 for like the last five minutes or a something. Long time. <laughs> I think, I don't know what it was. I think they just ran out of gas. They looked like they had mentally, may, and maybe physically too, fatigue. It's crazy. They were so close. They were so, po- yeah, they're so close. I need to watch. Like the they really could have won. It's just yeah. like, I think the sun just had that extra gear. They had that gas, mm. that extra gear to get them through. And the sky were kind of worn out. That's what it looked like to me. They weren't executing. They weren't like it looked like they were stuck in the mud. I, I don't know. I can't explain it other than they just stopped executing. Hmm. There goes the uh, defending champions guy then. <laughs> yeah. So no team has repeated in the WNBA since the LA Sparks did in 2002. Oh, wow. And that has just held true again. So, wow. <laughs> what? The I, people I've seen. I've seen people tweeting thinking Candace potentially may retire. Do you think that's going to happen? Um, it's possible. She is up there in age. She's 36. Yeah. Um, and she did kind of say in her interview, I see where they're getting this from. She said, I'm going to kind of reevaluate to see if I can still play at the level that I hold myself to. I won't cheat the game. So it mm. sounds like if she can't give it, then she's not going to play. Right, right. So we'll see. I mean, I hope she has another year in her. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, let's get into our finals preview. Um, so it's the Aces versus the Sun, which is the exact opposite of what I had. That's what I had. I somehow yeah. got it correct. <laughs> Damn. So you got it correct. but 25% uh, chance, I think. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. Of course, I'm, I am a little shocked at the center here. Only because they looked cooked after game three, but they looked phenomenal. So let's talk about the matchups. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's all about the physicality for the Sun. And that's the kind of the thing I'm worried about for the Aces. Like we saw when the Storm kind of turned up that pressure in ga- early in game three and in parts of game one and two, um, you kind of saw their guards got rattled a little. In particular, Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum. There's no rattling Chelsea Gray, so that you can't do that. It's it was the kind of the rest of them, because 
that's the thing. Like, I kind of knew coming into the series, there's nothing you could do to rattle Chelsea Gray. She's seen it all. She's won a title already. She's, she's a badass. Like, she's not going to get rattled by physicality. It was the others. I thought Young and Plum, if you took both of them out of the series, maybe there's a chance. And there's a really solid chance Sun can do it again here because you probably put one of your guards on Chelsea Gray. You're going to put Dewana Bonner yeah. on Jackie Young. Bonner's so... Like yeah, she's, she's tall and long. Dewana Bonner really reminds me of Tayshaun Prince. Oh, the long arm, the lanky long arm. Skinny, long, ugly ass jump shot that doesn't work until you really need it to. But man, like that length can really take you out of the game. And I thought that's what happened with the sky. She took she took their guards out of the game. Kalia Copper had nothing yeah. against her. And I'm worried because Kelsey Plum kind of got it going in game four. Yeah, she did. And she did. I think if you can kind of cut that off and only because having to worry about Adria Wilson and Chelsea Gray is enough. If you can take out any other threat, then it's more manageable. So that's kind of what I worry because the decision-making gets off. And again, if you can get more of those turnovers, the sun, we see what the sun can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think for me, I think the biggest matchup I want to see is how, uh, how the sun match up with Wilson. Cause so far I haven't seen any, I mean, the storm couldn't match up with her one on one, so I want to see how they yes. guard him. I mean, they actually have size. The, the sun, <laughs> John Quill yeah, a lot of size. So, yeah. So th- no, no think bully, about it this no way bully too, bull right? For Wilson, yeah, for Asia yeah. Wilson. So there's John Quill Jones. They have Alyssa Thomas, who was one like in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Their sixth woman of the year was Brianna Jones, who's also huge. The Jones twins. Yeah. So you have. <laughs> You legitimately have three legitimate defenders to throw at Aja Wilson. Yeah. And this isn't Ezzy Magvagor and Tina Charles anymore, where fi- Wilson is more physical than them. Yeah. All three of those players are more physical than Aja Wilson. So there's so, a really good chance. No bully really good chance that she gets taken out. Yeah. I think very interested to see how that goes because... I want to see what how Wilson like responds to that kind of physicality. I guess for sure, it'll be a, it, maybe you send her on the pop more, but at the same time, all three of those bigs can move. Yeah, John Quell less so, but you have two players really good at moving. Brianna Jones and Alyssa Thomas are really good. Mm. So that's that's kind of where I worry about this matchup for the Aces, because if you're if the Sun are good and can accomplish pushing the guards out along the perimeter that they have to set up further and not get anything in the paint that's tough yeah so i i'm interested to see if the small lineup how that spacing might give the aces a chance to get things inside we'll see the same way it did against the storm exactly i think this small ball lineup with raquana williams is going to be huge she has a nice jump shot she does, Shout she out. does. <laughs> big, big, big Ricardo Williams fan for sure. Yeah. So the key is for those are kind of that's kind of the important thing for the sun is to get turnovers, be physical, own the paint. Because you're gonna get rebounds. You're going yeah. to get rebounds against this team. So be just continue to do what you do. For the aces, um, I think Chelsea Gray and Aja have to continue to be unstoppable. 
Can they be stopped? Is the question, I guess. Yeah. Can they be stopped? Chelsea we'll Gray's on fire. Yeah. But we'll see. Can they be limited? If you can shut off everyone and Chelsea has to beat you. Because the thing that Chelsea's able to do is because she doesn't have to do it all the time. Yeah. But if you get to the point where that's the only option you have, then maybe it's a different story. Um, so other than that, some of the keys are keeping the sun out of the paint and limiting offensive rebounds. Much easier said than done. But you yeah, I mean, have to finish your defensive possession. Yeah, I mean, the, the Aces... All, all, the company has said all time, the Aces one are the best running team in the league. So they, to get that running game going, they got to get those boards. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge if they go small. Because the Sun run this big ball lineup of the Jones twins and Alyssa Thomas and then Duana Bonner as their two guard. Oh, that would so, be so interesting to watch. How that goes. Yeah. So, Small and that, that lineup kind of beat, beat the shit out of the sky. Mm. So, it could, and it could very well be significantly more effective because the Aces don't play big. And, like, if you're going to, if they play big with Kia Stokes, who you can leave alone, great. Yeah. So, um, and then the other thing, the Aces have to kind of limit their turnovers. So, that was the Suns' plan is to kind of make, create turnovers because the decision making, it's difficult when you crowd Vandersloot. And I think that they can do that against Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. So if you can get, like, the, the Aces are going to have to figure that out. Mm. How to make that, um, how to kind of make that not a point of emphasis for the Sun. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, let's, I mean. Do you have predictions? Uh, are you on a key for, I, keys yeah, for the let's sun? Yeah, let's do our predictions. Is there anything else? <laughs> I mean, you have um, your keys for the sun, but they're not, they're not, there's nothing listed. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, sorry. I, I meant for that to be all of the, the size thing here. So this, for, oh. really for the sun, it's just to kind of do what they do. Use their physicality. They don't really have to change what they do. That's kind of the nice yeah. thing. Um, I guess at the end of the day, it's whichever team kind of does what they do better because they're kind of different teams. Yeah, they're both offensively can get stuck in the mud, but based on their roster, their lineups, strategy, they're a little, they're pretty different in what they can do. They can counter each other. It's just who does it better. Mm. And this is going to be a tough one. I, I don't know who to pick. Oh, so you're thinking it's going to be a five game series? I think it's going to be a five game series. Um, honestly, the, the last two games from the Sun really convinced you. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like after game three, after game three, you probably would have picked whoever won from Storm, the Storm and the Sun. I yeah. mean, the Aces. Storm and the Aces, yeah. So, you know, I think I might go with... I might go with the Aces in five. Because... In five. And I guess I didn't mention this. The Sun can kind of get in their own way. They're kind of like the Bucks. In that... 2019 Bucks. They're 2021 Bucks, even. Mm. I know they won the title that year, but the Bucks can still kind of... They still kind of go away from the things that they do best on offense. And for the Sun, that's Jonquel Jones. If Natisha Heidemann and Courtney Williams, no disrespect, 
are taking more shots than Jonquil Jones. If your MVP, <laughs> if your MVP and best offensive player took the fifth most shots in your starting five, I think that's a problem. That is a problem. And if she takes fewer shots because the aces are trying to take her away and you play out of that, that's different than what the Sun were doing because the Sun were just not giving her the ball. <laughs> if she has enough off-ball gravity and she's not taking the shots, that's great. That's yeah. totally different than what I'm talking about. But if Jones isn't a pressure point, then what are you doing on your, in your half-court offense? Because yeah. if you aren't getting those turnovers, because you can't do too much to rattle Chelsea Gray. If, if you can't rattle Chelsea Gray, you're not going to get those turnovers that spark your offense. So then you have to rely on your half-court offense, which is a lot of Courtney Williams mid-range pull-ups and Hadisha Heidemann pull-ups, mm. which you live with. Alice, Alyssa Thomas can't shoot. Yeah. Have you seen her jump shot? No, I have not. She shoots like Kevin Duckworth. She's also, I'm not going to lie, Alyssa Thomas is a putrid finisher at the rim. So what does she do well? <laughs> defense. Defense and defensive only. rebound. So look, I love Alyssa Thomas, but man, she's not a good shooter and not a good finisher. So you, oh, can, so you can play off of her. So it's like, so that's why I say, like, you, whoever does the thing, whoever does their strengths better and covers their weaknesses better is going to win. Great analysis, right? You sounded like the Kais a little bit. Just do the oh, thing. Good. Just do oh, the good. thing. They just got to do the thing. <laughs> it is. So it's, it, it really is like, I mean, it is true, right? Like, are, can the Sun execute their physicality and stop getting in their own way? Can the Aces not get rattled by the physicality and play their spaced out game and yeah. make everyone a pressure point? Because if they have everyone going, who are you going to stop? Because you already have to deal with Chelsea Gray and Andrew Wilson. If Kelsey Plum has it going too, even if it's just her, yeah. and Raquana Williams can shoot, so she yeah. can space. It's like, okay, what do you do? Yeah. So that that uh, excellent analysis. Five. So I'm going just aces make, in five. Make less mistakes. Okay. Whoever makes less mistakes will win. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> Whoever scores more points is going to win each game. Whoever makes more baskets, yes. Yes. Actually, not, not necessarily. If, they're more, if one makes more threes, it could be a difference. But anyway, my be. prediction, I'm going to... I've been cur- two of two so far. Not on, the number of, not on the number of games, though. You've predicted <laughs> the winner, so that's more, a little more important. <laughs> I, think, I think I'll go also... I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Aces here. Ooh, okay. They're going to... Re- wait, they won in 2020, right? The Wobble? The Aces have not won a title. But who won the Wobble? That was... The- no, the, the Wubble was the Storm. The Storm. Oh, got, 2020 got, Storm won. I got really confused there. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the Aces did not win. They lost. They didn't even make the finals. Why do I remember talking about the Aces then when, during the pandemic? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. What a Aces, memory. Aces in four. Let's go. I, I said Aces in three in our chat, but wow. I'm going to hedge it a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I see you. I see you. All right. Is there uh, anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Don't take down the YouTube channel, please. They'll be in the <laughs> No, I think we can, we, can wrap, we can wrap it up, man. So let us know your thoughts on our socials. We are at Blog on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. 
uh, visit our website, gotnextsite.wordpress.com. Follow us on Hardwood Amino, the basketball social media app, uh, at Got Next Podcast. Uh, that's it for the show. So who do you have winning the WNBA Finals? Um, do you have the Aces or the Sun? Uh, who do you think... How well do you think the Cavs are going to do this year? Yeah. Are they a title contender or not? Who's got next? Asia Wilson is going to be a next Hakeem. <laughs>